welcome back to Coast Access Storytime, children. We're reading about the adventures of Arthur and Mallory in Mallory, Mallory, The Revenge of the Tooth Fairy by New Zealand author James Norcliffe. Today, we find out what happens when Arthur knocks on the door of the Magic Kingdom, Aurelia. This is Chapter 17, The Incisors. Arthur had barely finished knocking before a thin, reedy voice shouted, Enter! Arthur twisted the iron door handle and pushed. The door opened onto a short hall with counters along either side. Behind the counters, two to the right and one to the left, stood three tall, rangy figures in white uniforms with peaked officers' caps. The caps were also white. Arthur swallowed nervously. The creatures wearing the uniforms looked exactly like giant white rats. Arthur did not like rats. The first figure on the right glanced curiously at Arthur and then twitched its whisker suspiciously at the birdcage. "'What's that?' it asked. The creature had an unpleasant, gravelly voice and disconcerting red eyes that seemed to glow with authority. "'It's a birdcage,' Arthur said anxiously and then added, Sir, I can see that. Place it on the bench, said the incisor. Peering into the cage, he added, What's that blue thing in the bird cage? My budgie, said Arthur. Your budgie? asked the incisor, incredulous. Bruce, said Arthur. Bruce? Bruce, his name's Bruce, said Arthur. The incisor stared at Arthur. Its red eyes seemed to sear into him. How can you say it's your budgie? The incisor demanded. Arthur wasn't sure what the problem was. He tried to explain. Bruce is my budgie. I own him. The incisors looked at each other as if in shock. The first incisor turned back to Arthur. How can you say you own another creature? It asked. You can own a toothbrush or a sock. But how can you own a budgie? Arthur looked about helplessly. I don't know, he said. My parents gave him to me. Your parents? asked the incisor in astonishment. What sort of people are your parents? Are they creature traffickers? Arthur had no idea what the incisor was talking about. I don't know, he said miserably. He glanced down at the mouse, rather cross that it did not appear to want to come to his rescue. The incisor followed his glance and noticed the mouse. And what's this? it asked, with increasing astonishment. A mouse, whispered Arthur. A mouse! exclaimed the incisor. Do you own this mouse as well? Arthur shook his head. No, he said, adding, Sir... Then why is the mouse in the bird cage? asked the incisor. Arthur did not know how to reply. He felt terrible. It was a grotesque situation, and he had no idea how to get out of it. However, at that moment, the mouse did come to his rescue. I'm in the bird cage, the mouse said, because my friend Arthur here is kindly transporting me to the office of the Chancellor of the Hexchequer, with whom I hope to make an appointment. The incisors once again exchanged glances. 
This time the other incisors nodded and Arthur understood that the mouse's explanation had been accepted. Documents? demanded the incisor. Arthur stared blankly, but luckily the mouse again came to his rescue. I'm afraid we don't have any documents, explained the mouse. You see, we came into Aurelia via a back entrance. A back entrance? Yes, through the medium of a garden shed. The incisor stared at the mouse, then looked at Arthur. That's right, sir, Arthur said. We did. A garden shed. The officers exchanged glances again. Once more, the explanation appeared to have been accepted. At that point, another incisor, who had been watching proceedings from the bench on the other side of the hallway, called out, Duty! Ah, of course, cried the first incisor. There is a question of duty. We must first assess and then impose your duty, added the second incisor. This worried Arthur. He had no money to pay duty. He looked helplessly at the mouse. Mouse, he said. The mouse was no help. It simply shrugged. How much, sir? Arthur asked nervously. Hmm, said the incisor, pushing up his inspector's hat with a narrow paw. Now you're asking me how much. He's asking you how much confirmed the second incisor. Arthur waited. Bruce, perhaps sensing a measure of tension in the air, began to move nervously back and forth along his perch, chattering quietly. Excuse me, I must confer with my colleague, said the first incisor. He stepped back from the bench and for a few seconds huddled with the second incisor. Arthur could not make out what they were muttering. He did not have to wait long, however, because after a few moments the first incisor turned back to him and said, My colleague and I have conferred, and we are in complete agreement that the duty we must require you to pay is one blue budgie. Arthur stared at him. I'm sorry? No, I'm sorry. It will be one blue budgie and one blue budgie only, and we agree that it must be paid immediately. No, cried Arthur. Bruce squawked. The incisor looked at Arthur in surprise. I don't see the problem. The duty is one blue budgie. You have one blue budgie. What is the difficulty about paying one blue budgie? Arthur stared in disbelief at the incisor who stood before him, looking, thought Arthur, insufferably smug. In desperation, Arthur tried to catch the mouse's eye, but the mouse was looking the other way and continued to look the other way. Meanwhile, the two incisors stood waiting behind the bench. Arthur could see that they had folded their paws in front of their chests. He thought quickly. Wait a bit, sirs, he said, trying to remember to be polite, even in his desperation. You said that I can own a toothbrush and I can own a sock, but that I couldn't really own a budgie. You can't, said the first incisor flatly. Arthur breathed a sigh of relief. Then I can't pay you with the blue budgie, 
he said. As you so rightly put it, the blue budgie is not mine to give in payment. The two incisors exchanged looks again. Once more, the nod. The first incisor coughed. My colleague and I, having quickly conferred, agree with the point you and I agree we have made. The duty, therefore, as you so correctly point out, cannot be one blue budgie. Thank you, sirs, said Arthur. Thank you. The mouse looked up at him, and Arthur felt sure there was a hint of approval in its expression. However, added the first incisor, the question of duty still remains. This was a problem, Arthur thought quickly. I don't have a toothbrush on me, he said, but I do have a sock. In fact, I have two. Would one sock be okay? You said a sock was something you can own. The expression on the incisor's face quickly told him that a sock would not be okay. Arthur looked again to the mouse for help. He caught a glint of gold in the bottom of the cage and remembered the dollar coin. Of course! He reached across the counter and opened the door of the cage. Excuse me, he whispered to the mouse. Arthur retrieved the dollar coin and held it out before the first incisor. Here we are, sir, he said. This could be our duty. One gold coin. He handed it to the incisor, who took it doubtfully. The incisor studied it, smelt it, bit it, then handed it to the second incisor, who did exactly the same. The two incisors then stared at each other briefly. Then the second incisor shook its head. The first incisor then turned back to Arthur. I'm sorry, he said. That is just a small metal disc, and while it has some pretty markings, my colleague and I are agreed that it is of no use at all in terms of duty. Is there anything else? Arthur felt despair. He had won the battle, Bruce, but lost the war, paying duty. He turned a final time to the mouse for any last advice or help. But there was no help there. The mouse had burrowed back into Mallory's father's little black bag. Coward, thought Arthur. However, all at once, he realised that the mouse was burrowing back out again. Arthur's dead. He saw the mouse's tail, then the mouse's back, then the back of the mouse's head, and finally, the mouse's paws. And in the mouse's paws, a tooth. The mouse had brought out Mallory's tooth. Moments later, the tooth lay before the mouse on the floor of the birdcage. This should work, said the mouse. Try it. Arthur turned to the incisor. He pointed to the tooth. What about this tooth? he asked. The incisor's red eyes lit up. This dollar? Why didn't you offer this before? he asked, partly irritated, partly pleased. Quickly, Arthur opened the birdcage door and retrieved the tooth. He passed it over to the incisor. Exactly right, the incisor said, after a brief inspection. One ivory dollar. He looked again at his colleague, who nodded. 
You may take your bird cage, the incisor said to Arthur, who could scarcely believe the ordeal seemed to be over. But it was. Even as he lifted the bird cage off the bench, the third incisor jumped right over his bench like a rodent athlete and hurried down the hall to the door at the other end. He turned a handle and flung the door open. Welcome to Aurelia, he said, sweeping off his cap in a grand salute. Chapter 18 The Incisors Again Not long after Arthur, Bruce and the mouse had been ushered into Aurelia, the two striding giants in pastry cook outfits turned the last corner of the pathway and saw the customs gate just ahead. Mallory didn't see it. She had kept her eyes closely shut for most of the crazy, swinging journey while gripping the bars of the birdcage for support. But though she could no longer speak, and while she no longer chose to see, she was able to listen, and what she heard was very unpleasant. Murray and Molly had chattered away as people do when they dream of winning a big lottery, about how they would spend the hundreds of dollars this windfall. Mallory Mallory had unexpectedly dropped into their laps. Their ambitions were rather small, actually. A new mincer, a new set of shiny butcher's knives and cleavers, a new grinding wheel to sharpen the new knives and cleavers, that sort of thing, all of which made Mallory very, very fearful. However, what made Mallory even more fearful was their wicked plan a plan so wicked that Murray's usual booming voice dropped to a whisper as he explained it to Molly. Here's the thing, he suggested. We start off small, say $200. However, when the mouse gives us the 200 we say, wait a bit, that's not enough. And ask for another 100 giggled Molly. That's it whispered Maury, and when we get the next hundred we... Say, wait a bit, that's still not enough, giggled Molly, and... Ask for still more, laughed Maury. It'll be like milking a cow, laughed Molly. Well, milking a mouse, whispered Maury, and if this mouse is as powerful as the canine reckoned, then it should have thousands of dollars to spend. Pay corrected Molly. Hmm, but here's the best bit, whispered Maury. When we've got the last cent the mouse is prepared to pay, we'll say, right, that's the first instalment, we'll get the second instalment later. And then we'll march off home with the Malamowry in the cage and our pockets filled with dollars. Perfect, whispered Molly, and then we still can bake an unorthodox Mallory Mallory pie. Sounds delicious, said Maury, although a better idea for the time being might be to keep her for the second instalment. And the third, suggested Molly, and the fourth, and perhaps several others, before we bake an unorthodox Mallory Mallory pie. Exactly, laughed Maury, 
bake an unorthodox Mallory Mallory pie. Mallory had listened to the ghastly plan with growing horror. It did not occur to her, in her fear, that the wicked plan Morrie had outlined, with the exception of the pie, was precisely part four of the cunning plan she herself had carefully formulated for getting money out of the tooth fairy once she had captured it. The next sound Mallory heard was unexpected. So unexpected, she opened her eyes. It was a sharp, rapping sound. She saw a pair of double doors before her, and Maury stepped back from them, clearly having just knocked. Almost immediately, a thin, reedy voice cried, Enter! Maury turned the large iron door handle and pushed open the door. Like Arthur, Mallory disliked rats, perhaps even more than he did. So, seeing the three huge rats in their white customs officers' uniforms made her nightmare even worse. She wanted to close her eyes again, but some horrid fascination kept them open. Anything to declare? asked the first incisor of Maury, who towered over him. Just this bird cage, boomed Maury. Put it on the counter, ordered the incisor. Obediently, Maury placed the bird cage on the counter, then treated the incisor to a beaming but quite insincere smile. The incisor glanced up at Maury. What is it about bird cages this morning? he asked. We don't see a bird cage for months, and here we have two of the things inside of an hour. Inside of an hour? asked Molly, a note of excitement in her voice. Correct, said the incisor. Inside of an hour. And was there, by any chance, a small mouse in that bird cage? asked Molly. There was one blue budgie in that bird cage, said the incisor. Molly looked disappointed. At that stage, though, the second incisor coughed and twitched his whiskers. And my colleague has just reminded me, said the first incisor, that there was indeed a small, insignificant mouse crouched in the bottom of the bird cage. Morrie beamed again. Not a huge, powerful mouse. The first incisor glanced again at his colleague, then turned back to Morrie. No, not huge, not powerful, but small. And as my colleague has reminded me, insignificant. Hmm, said Morrie, glancing at Molly unsure whether this was good or bad news. Meanwhile, the incisor was peering through the bars of the cage, red eyes widening and whiskers twitching with interest. What's this? he demanded. Mallory recoiled from its red-eyed inspection. It's called a Mallory, said Molly. A Mallory, said the incisor. Never heard of it. What does it do? Not much, said Murray. Hello, Mallory, said the incisor, poking at her through the bars. What brings you to Aurelia? Don't bother, said Murray. Mallory's can't speak. Can't speak, said the incisor. Can't be much use, then. It isn't, agreed Molly. Basically, it's a pie ingredient. Aha, said the incisor. Delicious. More unorthodox than delicious, said Molly. 
Mallory tried desperately to will herself to speak, but her lips wouldn't move. She stared angrily at the incisor, which backed away. Ugly brute, isn't it? It said. The incisor turned back to Maury and Molly. Documents? he demanded. Left them at home, replied Maury, with another insincere smile. The two incisors exchanged a glance, and the second incisor nodded. My colleague and I have agreed to accept your explanation for the failure to produce documents. Maury smiled again. Duty! cried the third incisor from the other side of the hall. Of course! cried the first incisor. Excuse me. He turned to the second incisor, and the two huddled together for a few moments. There will be a duty of one dollar, the first incisor announced, turning back to the two pastry cooks. This time Maury and Molly exchanged glances. Maury turned back to the customs officer and said in his most winning tone, I'm afraid, sir, that we do not have that sort of money on us right now. However, we hope. Once we've spoken to that insignificant mouse and the Chancellor of the Hexchequer to be in possession of several hundred dollars, so... What did she call it? whispered Molly, pointing at Mallory. Crack it, was it? Right, said Murray, remembering. Several hundred dollars. So if you could allow us, crack it? Crack it? repeated the incisor. And, added Molly... We could also promise you all a large slice of Mallory pie. Probably delicious, said Murray, also on Cricket. Excuse me, said the first incisor. I must confer with my colleague. The two incisors huddled together for some time. Mallory could see their tails wriggling excitedly. She shuddered. Then the first incisor turned back to the pastry cooks. My colleague and I have agreed, he said, that the duty you must pay is one dollar allowed on Cracket and one slice of unorthodox, possibly delicious Mallory pie also allowed on Cracket. Excellent, beamed Murray. We accept those terms completely, don't we, my love? Molly beamed as well. We do, she said. Completely, my sweet. Take your birdcage, said the first incisor. Even as Murray was reaching for the birdcage, the third incisor had leapt over his bench and hurried to the door. He swept it open with a flourish of his cap. Welcome to Aurelia, he said. Wow, do you think Arthur and Mallory will finally get together? In the next chapter, Arthur reaches a city square. What will he find? We'll find out next week. I've talked about the wonderful bookshop Books and Co. in Oltaki before, but possibly at the moment, and in coming weeks, your family may prefer to stay at home. But that's okay, because Books and Co. offer online shopping via their website, or you can email oltaki at booksandco.co.nz or phone zero six two six two nine one. Five eight to place orders or make inquiries. Happy reading. Goodbye.
This program is made with assistance from New Zealand on air for radio broadcast and through the accessmedia.nz website. Thank you, New Zealand on air.